Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. So today I have the pleasure of being joined by Kieran Dwyer, the director of insurance broker Self Build Protect. And we are here, obviously, to talk about insurance. So, uh, Kieran, thanks for joining us. And just can you start off with giving us an idea of what kind of self-build insurance self-builders really need to have? What's what's the must-haves in terms of insurance? Great. Hi, Astrid. Well, I suppose from an insurance perspective, um, in Ireland, the only form of insurance that's compulsory is motor insurance. So really, nobody has to have any type of insurance. But I suppose for peace of mind, self-builders really should look at taking out insurance against any losses that they may occur during the building stage. Um, so effectively, a self-builder is taking on the role of a building contractor. And as such, they need the same type of insurance as a building contractor would have. Uh, they would normally include property insurance and liability insurance. The property insurance would be covering their actual house itself in case anything happens to the house where it burns down, blown away in a storm, or there's material stolen off the site. Um, or even say the likes of a, a self-builder might hire in some plant um, or buy their own plant. Uh, you know, and So if any of these things are stolen or they're damaged on the site, then the self-builder is going to potentially have a financial loss that they're going to incur. They're also taking on the role of the building contractor from a public and employer's liability point of view. So if anybody gets injured in on the site, whether there's you know nosy neighbours deciding to come in to have a little look around, or whether it's some of the tradesmen that they will bring in to do the work for them, be it a block layer, painter, carpenter, electrician, these guys, when they're coming in onto the site, you're effectively their employer. So any of those guys who get injured in on the site are potentially taking a claim against you for the injuries that they have sustained on uh, the site. So that's really, Astrid, 
the type of insurance policy that a self-built insurance policy is going to cover, the property and the public and employer's liability. Um, we can also include, say, like the personal accident cover in case the actual self-builder themselves were to get injured. They can't legally sue themselves as they get injured on the site, so they can't claim under the public or the employer's liability. So they can take out some personal accident cover, which will cover themselves in the event that they were to get injured themselves. Okay. And mortgage providers, don't they usually require um, that there is some sort of insurance in place in, in order to take out self-built insurance? Isn't that kind of a common route to well, people well, I taking? Suppose most of the lenders, Astrid, will... will they were, they're really only concerned about getting their money back if the building was damaged or burns down. So really what the mortgage providers are looking for is fire insurance. That's really all they, they will insist on. So in a lot of times they will, you know, offer you their own fire insurance policy, um, which may not be overly expensive, but it's really just covering their back in the event that the house burns down before you actually have finished the, prop, uh, the build. Um, so they wouldn't necessarily insist, insist on you taking any public or employer's liability cover out on the property. Um, and so from that point of view, the, the, you know, the, 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 they're really more concerned about getting their money back from a, from a loss as a result of a, a, a fire is really what they will look for. Um, now, they will normally insist, say, on the sums insured, the property being insured, for what would be considered the professional reinstatement value of the house. What it would cost if the house was to burn down to get a building contractor back in, professional builder back in second time around, demolish the, the property that's been damaged, uh, bulldoze it and rebuild the house again. So you would be looking for it to be insured. The bank will insist on it being insured for the professional reinstatement value. So you might find the times where self-builders are saying that, well, I can actually build a house for 300,000 myself because I'm going to do a good bit of the work myself or I'm going to get in all the different tradesmen and be acting as the self-builder. But the bank might look for them to have 400,000 or even higher. And that's because they will insist on it being insured for the professional reinstatement value on it. Okay. Um, so what makes insurance more expensive? What are the cost elements there? Well, in, in terms of the cost-wise, um, now, in terms of as a self-builder, um, insurance companies in their very nature tend to be very conservative and they don't like to insure anything that they don't necessarily have a huge amount of data on. So normally nor your normal standard construction block wall, uh, slate or tile roof, absolutely no problem to get self-built insurance on it. There tends to be there tended to be a little bit more difficult uh, difficulty getting any uh, non-standard as insurance companies would consider it. So, say the likes of the ICF or the timber frame would have been up to recently very very difficult to get insured as a self builder. So people were having to go and get building contractors if they wanted to use that particular uh, mode to build their house because they couldn't get the self build insurance. So in terms of cost wise, it, it, again the insurance is 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 going to be based on the, the, the reinstatement value. And from the insurance company's perspective, they're working out the reinstatement value of how long it's going to take you to build that house, how much labor you're going to have incurred from a public and employer's liability point of view. So it's not just the fire insurance cost of 300,000, it's the labor involved in building that 300,000 house as well, is what they're building in for the employers and public liability. 
Okay. So so then the the cost on average for a self-builder, let's say you are going down the traditional block work route, um is there is there kind of a ballpark to be aware of in terms well, of how much I suppose our minimum premiums on our policy, our self-build policies start at around a thousand euro. Right. Now that would get you a house up to around three hundred thousand. Right. Now we can offer a twelve month or eighteen month policy. Um, sometimes the 18-month policies aren't an awful lot more expensive. And depending on how much the actual rebuild value of your, your property is, if it's still falling within our minimum premiums, we might be able to even offer an 18-month policy for somebody uh, at the same price as a 12-month policy. So we also do offer a three-month policy for somebody who hasn't finished by the time their 12 months or their 18 months expired. So we can continue to offer three months uh, until such a stage as the houses are finished. You know, so so roughly speaking, a thousand would be the minimum and it will go up from there, depending on how much the actual reinstatement value of the house will be. OK. And for a non-standard build, has are the costs are higher, I presume, or is it more yeah, a question I, of not getting insurance for it? it, it yeah. So in terms to... of our rates, um, the, 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 the um, timber frame and the ICF have a slight loading on them, maybe about a 10 percent loading onto the standard rates. When it gets beyond those, then uh, it, it's it's on a case-by-case -case basis, and it may well be there's certain materials that insurers won't are in, our underwriter um uh, uh, won't actually look at. Uh, so it's unfortunately, as I said earlier, with insurance companies being conservative in their nature, there's some um unless they have the data, and particularly around the the the, the fire rating in relation to the properties. And sometimes what we can do, we can get as much information as we can. If it is a new build type, in terms of fire ratings, uh, we may be able to persuade an underwriter to, to reconsider it at, a, at a, an additional premium. And I, I suppose, Asher, to be honest, because we're, we've this facility up and running since uh, around April of this year, and we're still finding our feet a little bit with the insurer. So um, again, as I said to you, they're being um, a little bit conservative in relation to the approach and pretty much want the normal standard construction or, or timber frame or ICF. Anything outside of that um, is, is we've, we've had a few successes, but we would have had more failures than successes in persuading them to um, to take on those type of risks. Okay. So yeah, it, so- and it, it, Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, you know, as as we build up the facility a little bit more over a period of time, we'll probably get more and more things done by them. But as it stands at the moment, it is just really the the, the standard stuff they want until we uh, until they're happy enough that we know what we're talking about when we're explaining um, the, the different type of um, um, construction to the insurers and why they should be actually willing to take on the certain types of um, construction uh, materials. Okay, so so what made them say yes in those cases that you did have success outside of those three mainstream now mainstream? Uh, well, I, again, uh, it, it had then tended to be the fire rating in relation to them that we were able to give them the certain EU or or or, 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 or UK standards in relation to the the um the um the fire rating in relation to the constructed materials. Um, yeah, so they're obsessed what, with fire, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, then in terms of the other aspects that would add cost to an insurance, um, an insurance premium. So, would it be 
the roofs as well. Isn't there something about thatched or flat roofs or things like that? Yeah, again, you're 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 back to the likes of the thatched. You won't get a self-built insurer. Uh, I suppose one of the difficulties you have at the moment in terms of self-built insurance, Astrid, is the lack of competition. Uh, there, there really is only two insurance companies that are offering the full uh, self-built insurance package, giving the property and the liability insurance. And because of that lack of competition, um, there, there, there tends to be the, 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 the two insurers that are in the market. Um, they're, they're, they're strict enough in relation to their underwriting criteria, so they won't do attached properties. Um, they will do flat roofs, again, depending on the fire rating. If there is a certain, you know, we, if we can show the insurance company that the fire rating in relation to the roof is, is um, you know, a certain period, of certain length of time, then that should be OK. And um, flat roofs in general for insurance companies tend to be a little bit more difficult for the longer term, for when it changed, when your policy, when you no longer need your self-built insurance and you need your a house insurance policy. So the, the, the house insurers a lot of insurance companies, there's an awful lot more house, in, house insurance companies available, but they don't like flat roofs because of the nature of potential storm damage to them over a period of time. Um, now, it, again, it depends on the, the type of flat roof and the type of materials underneath. So let's say you have asphalt. Is it asphalt over concrete or is it asphalt over timber? A concrete is absolutely fine. It's considered a standard construction, even for a roof. Um, but if it's asphalt or mineral felt over timber, then it's either there will either be a loading on the premium or maybe a higher excess on the policy. Uh, because over a period of time, you will find that the felt starts to come away and there's an ingress of water into the property. So storm damage tends to be a lot more of a concern for insurance companies for um, uh, for flat roofs. Okay, so so you mentioned the competition, the fact that there's only it's really a, a duel here. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, it's it, that does obviously you imagine that would add to the cost compared to, let's say, the UK. I think they have quite a few providers. Um, yes. it, can we expect any more competition? Are there going to be new actors coming in, or is there even a way to veil of? insurance yeah. services on the other side of the border from Northern Ireland, for example? Not really, because, uh, and I suppose this is, we're going back to the whole issue in relation to Brexit, Astrid. Um, mm. Bre Brexit effectively meant that insurance companies uh, based in the UK could no longer write business in Ireland and vice versa, unless they actually registered over within the EU to be able to write business. So even though you hear of the likes of Lloyd's, business being placed into Lloyd's. Lloyd's have had to open offices in mainland Europe, in, in, in Brussels, uh, to, to be able to uh, register business written out of Lloyd's within the EU from that particular head office. And really, the, 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 there's the, in terms of, the, I, I was previously dealing with another insurance company in the UK. We did an awful lot of self-built business with them over a four or five year period. But as a result of the, um, uh, the, the restrictions from Brexit, uh, we no longer were in a position to be able to write business from the end of 2021. And um, because of that, it took me the best part of two years to be able to come up with a new insurance company um, um, willing to be able to write this type of business in Ireland. 
So despite the fact that I had all the data in terms of claims, in terms of, of um, uh, bills, costs, materials, um, there was just a lack of, of, of appetite to be able to write this type of business in the Irish market. Um, now, in terms of premium-wise, the premiums haven't changed an awful lot from, from, from the prices we were charging when we were dealing with that previous UK insurance companies. So they mm. haven't gone up a huge amount. Um, it's pretty much staying static. So the rates we have are, are, are similar enough to what we would have had um, um, uh, pre-Brexit. Right. And more competition? Do you think more actors will come in? Um, I... I, 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 I I have my doubt, Astrid. I mean, it, as I said to you, I approached um, maybe 10 different insurance companies to see whether or not they had an appetite to write this type of business uh, in Ireland. And I really could only get traction with one of those insurance companies uh, for various different reasons. Again, going back to what I was saying at the start, the insurance companies tend to be conservative in their in their nature and um uh, unless they can see that um there is profitable business to be written um mm. then they're 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 not willing and there has to be a certain level of capacity as well so they need to be able to see they're writing a lot of it their insurance companies will write a lot of house insurance they will write a lot of of car insurance and that type of thing whereas if they can only get a certain amount of capital in or a, a premium in based on self billers you know they'll say you know, there's not enough of business for them if they're uh, if they can't make a profit. You know, one large loss could write out a book very easily. Right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, yeah. So so this new duty of care uh, legislation that came in across all insurance products, I think, um, I think it's across the whole thing. You might clarify that. I'm not too sure, but it's it's if you could explain what that new legislation is and if it might actually benefit self-builders or what impact, if any, it might have on self-build insurance. Yeah, so effectively, it it is it is defining a little bit more um, uh, the the. Um, the whole trespass and visitors coming onto your 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 property and the onus of responsibility that's on those visitors to your property and it makes it a little bit more difficult um to for 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 um people coming onto your land and onto your property to be able to take a claim if they sustain an injury um, um when they're actually on that so you know you've you've seen examples in the past I would 
I've dealt with a claim myself previously where a, a, a man delivering oil from an oil company rather than coming through the main gate decided to go over a wall and slipped on decking, which happened to be have some frost on it. Now, he took a claim against the, 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 the property owner on the basis that the decking, the frozen decking was unsafe for him which to walk on. Now, the, the, the new act should change that. I mean, he should have come through the main gate. It was, there was, a, there was a, an onus and a responsibility on himself once he decided to come over the wall and go along the decking rather than come through the main gate, which was the, the main access uh, to the property. Uh, so, but, and, and again, you know, that's just one example, you know, the likes of trespass and things along that lines. And um, there is much more duty of care on anybody coming onto the property. They have to be able to prove more a, a, a serious negligence against the actual property owner in order to be, have a successful claim. In terms of being from a self-built point of view, will it have impact on premiums? Um, I'd have my doubt, um, uh, um, Astrid, to be honest. Um, from our perspective and seeing the claims that we would have dealt with over the last eight to 10 years or maybe even longer that we're dealing with self-built insurance policies, the majority of the claims that we're seeing are, are coming from thefts off the site. So, you know, the materials being stolen off the site, um, uh, particularly materials and, and the other, you know, your, your white goods being delivered, your, your, your um, windows being uh, delivered before they're actually put in or being stolen off the site. So we're seeing a lot of the thefts, the thefts of plant and machinery off the site um, and also employers liability claims. From, from injuries, um, from uh, the, the, the tradesmen that you're bringing in onto the site getting injured. Very, very few claims over the years for public liability. So from that point of view, I don't see the, the, this legislation having a huge amount of impact for the self-built insurer, as it may have for some of the other um, um, businesses that um, you know would have people coming on onto their property at a, at a, a, um, at, um, you know, a, a, a different stages. Okay, yeah. And I suppose with the whole trespassing thing before, if someone got hurt, even if they just were coming in on site just for fun or even to try to see if they could steal something and they got hurt on the property, they could have sued you before, couldn't they? And now at least they can't anymore. That's kind well, of generally just with they, trespassing, they, is it? Yeah, they can still sue. I mean, there is there 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 won't like the, the whilst the law has changed. It, the the onus and the 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 um, the bar for the want of a better word is higher that they do have to prove that you may have been reckless in relation to your um uh, your property as opposed to being you know purely negligent so going back to that that example I've said earlier on you know it, it wouldn't be it's very difficult to to be able to prove somebody was reckless in having frost still out on their um, decking, you know. So, so it, it, if somebody is, is, is reckless, yes, they could still deem to be responsible, but there is a much higher bar um, for, 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 for proof than there would have been in the past. Okay. And would that not apply to claims by tradesmen who, let's say there's an injury on site, um, okay. If it's well, of their own, let's say, the, you know, the scaffolding's up correctly, all the precautions have been taken and they yeah. still manage to get hurt uh, falling or something like that. Um, yeah. But so, would this legislation have an impact on on those not claims? Ne not necessarily, because, you know, you are inviting these tradesmen in onto your site to carry out the work on your behalf. So you are deemed to be their employer and and, and, and affect you 
as a result of being their employer for this work, there's a duty of care on you to provide them with a safe workplace. Now, you know, just because somebody gets injured doesn't necessarily mean that they will always be successful in relation to pursuing an action. They still do have to prove that there was a certain level of negligence on you um, to to be able to be successful in that claim. So, you know, they're, they're just because somebody is injured doesn't automatically give them a God-given right to be able to claim compensation. They have to be able to prove that there was negligence. Uh, but there is certainly a duty of care on an employer to their employees to give them a safe workplace. Right. OK. And in terms of preventative measures then for self-builders, what what kind of are the, the common scenarios of these claims that you've come you've come to see? Um, for in terms of theft and the injuries, is, are there things that are obvious that people could have done, self-builders could have done to prevent these claims happening? Well, I suppose it, it, it can be difficult enough to be able to prevent somebody who wants to get in and break in and steal a pro into a property. I mean, obviously, we'd like to try and make sure that the sites are se as secure as possible. So, you know, particularly if it's renovations or extensions where you're in site in towns or in cities, that, you know, there is certain hoardings up around the property that may not necessarily be as as um, uh, required out in the countryside. But if you can fence off your site, if you can put a locked uh, um, a gate on it, you know, if somebody is determined to break in, they will break in. But, you know, as much as possible to try and make the site secure, to try and, you know, once the, the property becomes water um, um, watertight, or, you know, that, that it is, uh, that there's proper locks on the actual house itself. So that you try to maintain to, or to store materials inside in the house itself, as opposed to outside once you can actually lock it. You know, so they're 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 straightforward, I suppose, common sense type stuff, um, Astrid. In mm. terms of the likes of um, uh, from a public and employers or employers' perspective, well, then you know what you would look for is say the likes of when you're putting up scaffolding. Scaffolding must be put up by somebody who has a ticket for putting it up and down the, the scaffolding. So in other words, it must be erected and dismantled in accordance with the code of practice that's set out by the HSE and uh, the HSA. Um, the, 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 the likes of uh, um, safe pass uh, um, the safe pass, safe pass cards would be held by any of the tradesmen that come in onto the site. Right. Um, again, with our policy, we would insist that what would be considered bona fide subcontractors supply and fit subcontractors. So the electricians and the plumbers who are bringing in materials in onto the site, that they must have their own public and employers liability insurance as well. They're deemed to be experts in the field. So they're deemed to be, you know, agents of yours when they come in. So the insurance company will insist on in those having um, public and employers liability cover. Okay. And are there any, let's say for if you, you get a self-builder who wants to get insurance um, for their self-build, are there any any things that would make it that you wouldn't be able to cover them apart from, we, we did, I suppose there's the issue of the non-standard build um, in some cases, but are there any kind of flashpoints or things people should yeah. know about? Really, the only ones, that, the only declinators we would have had would have been based on on the actual construction details of the property itself. Um, I suppose if they've had previous self-built claims, then the insurance company may may view it as this particular person is 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 uh, you know a, a higher risk 
Um, uh, so they may may or may not consider it. So it is one of the material facts in relation to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but really, you know, from our point of view, if works have already started, and um, now we are in a position to be able to offer cover for people who have already started work. Um, our, our competitor in the market once it's gone beyond a um, beyond I think the foundation stage they won't offer um, a quotes at that stage and that can be a, a difficulty for um, a number of people because a lot of times they don't think of taking out insurance until they decide to go to the borrow some money to actually um, do the rest of the house and they, at this stage they could be up to first floor level um, you know they could be on even the, 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 the shell complete and they decide, oh, gosh, never thought about it. Or what a lot of people think about when they get to the roof, where they kind of think, gosh, this is a bit dangerous up here now. I should really take out some insurance. So, uh, you know, um, as I said, our, our competitor won't offer a quote at that stage. We can do it, but we would rather prefer and say to people to try and take out the policy as early as they possibly can, because ultimately it's a minimum 12 months policy. So you may avail of the full cover and give yourself that added protection um, that the self-help policy will give you for as long as you can get it. And if if they take out a policy late in the game, does that add to the cost of, of it as well? No, it doesn't. It doesn't for the rates that we're charging now. Um, uh, our, uh, previously, they would they would have had a loading on it beyond uh, when it's gone beyond a certain stage. But our rates now, whether you take the policy out today before you've started work or you take it out after the shell is completed, we're still going to charge you the same premium um, for a 12 months build based on the full reinstatement, not just what you have left. Okay. So just to get my head clear around it, so what are the main cost components that go into determining how high the premium is? So there's the the non-standard build stuff. So ICF timber frame, you said adds about 10% loading. And yes. then what else what else would be so- it's it's it really then it is the 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 rebuild cost so it is a cost you um you know would it cost a builder to come back to do it um hundred thousand two hundred thousand three hundred eight or nine hundred thousand so you know it, it is rated per hundred thousand as such really um for the, the the rebuild cost so um it's then whether you go for 12 months or 18 so you know the 18 months might be about another 10 or 15 percent it's not double so you would, you know, you'd be as well, or not fifty percent extra. It would you be as well if if you feel you're going to go beyond the twelve to go for an eighteen months from the outset. Yeah, because then the three month increments, I presume, are they would be pretty, pretty much a, a quarter of an annual policy. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah, and then yeah. if you wanted to go for the personal accident cover, we offer personal accident cover for the actual self builders themselves. Roughly costs about about. 100 and I think it's 157 euro per person that that requires the personal accident cover for the year yes for the year yeah perfect um and was there anything else that we didn't cover in terms of insurance uh, for self-builders I suppose the um you know just common scenarios things like that that people it'd be good for people to know about and well I, I, I suppose the other thing we probably didn't hit on after there is is that that um Whilst I suppose we've probably been talking about mainly for um, new house builders, that we can also offer the product for people who are doing renovations and extensions. And probably it's about 50% of our business where for people doing renovations and extensions. Um, particularly over the last couple of years, I think there was a huge increase in the amount of renovations and extensions being carried out 
um, when, uh, when, when COVID hit and people couldn't go away on holidays, so we're spending their money on their house. So again, we cover the existing structure before any works have started. And then we'd also cover the actual um, um, and the, the buildings, the, the, the new works that you're going to carry out, the renovation to the existing property or an extension onto the existing house. And again, covering the public and employer's liability for carrying out that work. So th those are two different uh, products, aren't they? Let's say if you already have house insurance, um, how does that work? Can you upgrade your house insurance to self-build insurance with your current? Um, no, no. So so normally what will happen is, is that, you know, your house insurer, um, you would, I, we would recommend that you advise your house insurer that you are doing a renovation or an extension. They may restrict some of the covers, if, particularly if you're moving out of the house during that stage. Um, and or they may decide, no, sorry, we're unwilling to cover the existing structure whilst you're carrying out that renovation. Now, if that was the case, uh, you see your, your, your existing house insurer doesn't want to pick up the public and employer's liability cover attached to carrying out that renovation or extension work to your house. So, you know, they will turn around and they say, look, we're either restricting the level of covers we're giving or we don't want to give you any cover at all whilst that house is being renovated or extended. Now, if that's the case, we can cover the existing structure um, and also cover the, uh, the, the, the new works to the house as well. OK. And, and what would a renovation be? I mean, obviously, I presume it's not a lick of paint on the walls. What, what constitutes a renovation that would require um, self-built insurance? Well, I would have thought, like I suppose, any kind of changes, structural changes you're making to the property at all. I mean, your your normal house insurance policy will cover you for what would be considered casual property repairs. But anything beyond, as you say, a lick of paint on the house, then you would be looking at, you know, if you're spending 30, 40,000 euro renovating your house and you're going moving walls or changing walls or putting openings in or, you know, then you're getting into the stage where you're you are uh, having full tradesmen coming into the house to carry out, you know, structural changes to the house. That's probably where you're looking at re your, your, your renovation as opposed to um, just, uh, you know, as to say, mm. putting up the wallpaper or giving the house, the property a, a, a lick of paint. Yeah, yeah. So then installation work would qualify or is that that's a bit borderline, I suppose, because it's not purely structural necessarily. Yeah. Really. So like you could again, pump your walls or external yeah, wall or attic or. I, I would have thought, again, with the likes of those insulation marks, I wouldn't have necessarily said that they were full stru fully structural, but I would if it was me and I was getting somebody in to do that kind of insulation work, I would be insisting in getting copies of their public and employer's liability cover um you know um to, to make sure that they're fully insured contractors that you're getting to do that work okay and window replacements let's say if you're just upgrading all your windows with that yeah again i wouldn't works? necessarily consider that to be an overall you know an overall renovation of a house so again i would be if it's just purely and i've I did it my own house a couple of years ago but again it was a an insured contractor that came into my house to actually carry that out and i'd make sure that he chose proof of insurance before he do any of that kind of work okay. but it's not necessarily really impacting on the overall structure of your house to put in but in those you know it's not going to be covered the, the, the liability insurance of doing that wouldn't be covered by your house insurance. So that's why you would insist in getting proof of the insurance uh, that the um, window contractor has. Okay. And just going forward, what's what's the landscape going to be like in terms of premiums and things? Are things going, you're saying it's been fairly static in terms of costs? 
it, it, it has been Astrid, and 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 you know, I know you had asked me before in relation to whether the the um the, the, this change in legislation would see drops in the premiums, but I I, I certainly um, don't see it impacting on self built insurance problem um, um, dramatically, and um, because you know historically, as I said to you, the amount of public liability claims we would have had will be relatively low in comparison to the other elements of the policy, like the employer's liability and the, the property insurance and the theft cover off the site. Okay, very good. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we covered quite a bit of ground there. Was there anything else you wanted to add or... No, I suppose, as I said to you, just in terms of our own product, if, if anybody is looking to try and get a bolt, then if they want to go on www.selfbuildprotect.ie, we'll be able to take their details and, uh, and get them a quote. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, thanks so much, Kieran. Really appreciate your time. Join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self-Built Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuild.ie website, including the Self-Built Plus journey, which is your step-by-step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events.